But first, the childcare industry could be in crisis very soon. Back in 2021, the federal government gave billions of dollars to states to stabilize childcare through the American Rescue Plan. That money will expire at the end of this month, and it could bring major consequences, not just for childcare providers, but for the families who depend on them. Here with more, Caitlin Washburn, who's reported on the issue for Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. Good, Good to, to see here. you. Also joining us, Tamara Fair. She is the CEO of Premier Child Care Centers here in Chicago. Hey, Tamara. Hey, Sasha. Good to see you it's as great well. So, as I said, Caitlin, you know, these child care centers, they've got this potential, this loss of funding that's sort of staring them in the face at the end of the month. So I want to, first of all, talk scope. How many people are we talking about that could be affected here? Yeah, so this the scope here in Illinois could be quite large. Uh, that could mean nearly 130,000 kids without child care. It could mean about um, 2,800 shuttered child care centers and at-home providers. Mm-hmm. And it could also mean over 11,300 child care providers without a job. Uh, those figures come from the Century Foundation, which did a, a big study looking at this impending financial cliff for child care centers nationwide. 130,000 kids without child care? That's a, that's a lot, Tamara. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're running child care centers across yes. the city, as we mentioned. So on the ground, talk to us about that. What What is that loss of funding going to look like then for your staff and your clients? I'm so glad you said that, Sasha, because these funds, these surplus funds that we were getting, allowed us to really give our workers a livable wage, which they have been not receiving for decades, right? And so without this funding, we're going to have to actually decrease their salaries, And when you talk about 131,000 children that may be facing, where are my children going to go? How am I going to get to work? These are families, parents facing that particular issue. When you link the economy with child care, it's a good linkage because they go hand in hand. So it's going to be a trickle-up effect, not a trickle-down effect. Yeah, wow. Uh, How much money has been given to Chicago-area child care centers in the first place, Caitlin? So, so statewide, uh, there were about a billion dollars given in funds through these child care stabilization grants that um, providers such as Tamara were able to apply for mm-hmm. and use for about two years to do exactly what Tamara is describing, pay livable wages, uh, start contributing to 401k plans. Um, and yeah, and, and as she said, give desperately needed needed raises. Mm-hmm. Uh, the federal government used this funding to help child care centers through the pandemic. You've been in the business nearly 40 years, I hear, Tamara, mm-hmm. That's right? Correct. That's a long time. It is. I mean, so, I mean, just thinking over the span of time, what can you share with us right now about the industry before and after COVID-19? Is it- well, before we were already in a pandemic. So child care was in a pre-pandemic, then the pandemic came. So now with this a double pandemic. But we have been on the ground, boots on the ground, actually fighting for child care, livable wages, and increases, COLA increases, that's cost of living allocations annually because every year things go up, prices go up. However, for seven years there was a drought. Our per diem reimbursement rate never went up for seven years. That was pre-pandemic, right? Mm, okay. So then... During the pandemic, there were these federal funds that were sustaining child care because it kind of ripped the blinders off and showed exactly how essential child care, a robust child care ecosystem really was in correlation to a robust economy. Yeah. So now we're talking about 
taking that funding away when really that funding just got us where we should have been in the first place. Right. This money was always needed. Yes. And it was always there because when you look at it, it came so fast. But why would you take it away? Because it really begs the, the, the question, how important do you really think child care is, America? And if the, if the pandemic didn't show you anything about how important it is, it will show you once you repeal and retract these funds how important it is. And let's remember that the, the work being done here by the folks who work at centers like yours, they get into this for the passion. It's, That's it's right. not for the money, right? But, Definitely. And the work takes a toll. No, it's a, it's a very hard dollar to make. And you have to be passionate about it when you actually choose to go into early child care because it's a 12 and a half hour day. It's very low wages. It's sometimes non-existent benefits. And if there are benefits, they're not benefits in commiserate to your corporate partners. Right. Yeah. But who taught them? Early child care. Right. Yeah. That's where your base comes from. Your early foundational years is where your base for later education comes from. So it's more essential than any other time. So, yeah. so yeah, this is critical, though, and I really want to sound the alarm. And then the other question is, while we're pouring into immigrants, which I, I'm supportive of helping people all over the world, but while we're pouring these dollars into immigrants and you're retracting dollars from child care, what are you really, what's the message you're really sending? Which one is more important or can they both equally exist simultaneously. Yeah, I don't think we want to pin any against no, the other. I think exactly. We, uh, help is needed all around. Uh, and so pick up where uh, Tamara left off there, Caitlin, just, you know, as we've sort of made clear, even before this loss of funding that's coming up at the end of the month, child care centers were facing this shortage, right, of, of money and staff, right? Fill us in on what you found with your research. Yeah, and, and talking with Tamara and talking with other, other providers, um, exactly what she's describing. It's tough to attract a talent pool that'll stay in this field. And, you know, even even with that passion and that love for taking care of kids and and knowing how important it is those early years are for, for raising kids and for supporting that next generation. It's tough when you have these twelve plus hour days and you don't have you don't have holidays off and you don't have um, benefits, or if you do, there's very few. And, you know, one thing that Tamara talked to me about, and, and as well as the provider who works at her center, um, you know, public school schools tend to attract people who went to school thinking that they would work in daycare because there are more benefits. There is There are higher wages. There's more of a support in place to be a public school teacher where mm-hmm. you're still having that, you're still working with kids, but um, the benefits are there and the the more manageable day is there and you get you get summers off and holidays yeah. off. I want to talk about that other side of, of, of child care, and that's the parents who are trying, struggling in, in a lot of cases to afford it. Uh, give us an idea, Caitlin, of, of how much people are paying every year. So here in Cook County, um, according to some Department of Labor statistics, about 20 percent of families spend their income on child care each year. Uh, to give a dollar amount to that, that's a little over $17,000. And, you know, that single moms in particular, I want to say, they deal with the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. They, um, in Cook County, about 37% of their income goes towards childcare. And, you know, that, not only is that an alarming price, but it has been increasing more than the rate of inflation recently. The daycare and preschool fees have risen 6% in the past year, nearly double the overall inflation rate of 3.2%. So it's only getting higher, and it's it's only getting harder for these families to afford. 
the the state's child care assistance program. Uh, it, it helps parents pay their child care bills uh, as long as their monthly income isn't over 225 percent of the, the federal poverty level. Explain a bit more about how that program works. Tamara. So child care assistance program is you have to be in a program, the parent has to be in a program that's leveling them up. They have to either be in school or they have to be working. Okay. And so Governor Pritzker, along with the legislators, passed a bill that their co-pays cannot exceed more than 7%. They also passed the bill that the the eligibility percentage was 225%. It went from 185 to 225. Mm-hmm. Now, advocates, Child Care Advocates United, which is an organization that I am a part of, we've been lobbying for 400% so that it would open up a larger eligibility pool. Parents could take more advantage of it because, to Caitlin's point with the percentages, 37% of a single mom's yeah, that's a huge. That's chunk huge, of, exactly. Because you your have money to, that you bring in every month has to go into just making sure the kids are okay while you're out working hard. And it's a very hard choice to make, right? How can I go to work and still maintain my childcare? And sometimes parents have to choose, and usually they choose to t- maintain their childcare, and so some other bill gets neglected because of it. Because you have no no choice. These are your kids. Yes. Where else are they going to go? They can't come to work with you in, right. in most cases. What do you think of that ceiling that we're talking about? Just as someone who's a CEO of child care centers, I, I'm not I, sure if you're a parent, and so if you know that standpoint. But I'm a parent, feel? but thank you for saying that. But I'm a parent, and my child is grown, grown. But, but she will have children one day. Yeah. And so this will impact her possibly. But I think that this, I think we have the wherewithal to do better with our families in terms of assistance, and I think that we have to get this right. I mean, it's the right thing to do. Not only is it the right thing to do, it's the most economical thing to do when we're talking about building and maintaining a robust child care ecosystem that helps to build and maintain a robust economy. Yeah. They go hand in hand. You spoke with one mother, Caitlin, who works at the, the child care center, as you, you mentioned, um, and, and also qualifies for state assistance to pay for her own child care. So, I mean, what do you think that that says about the industry? Is that is that <laughs> illustrating our point or what? It really it really is. And, you know, a, a lot of people who work in child care have kids themselves. And so that it, but that that average income in Illinois to be about 27000 to $31,000 um, is especially hard for, for parents and working and working moms um, such as Ariel. And it, that just, that, that perfectly captures it. And, you know, she also falls into the category too of, of being a mom and, and being a single mom who it, with the pandemic, the disruption to women in the workforce was, was massive over, you know, Women lost two million more jobs than men did during the pandemic, and luckily those numbers have been increasing. And I think a crisis like this um, really shows that that is that is at risk of happening again because moms tend to be the first to cut back hours or to quit mm-hmm. their job if they are without childcare. And you know that that is something that women like Ariel could experience if if you know with her potentially having her wages cut back yeah. or or facing that. But yeah, the fact that it's so expensive that she has to also qualify for a state assistance program. I'm nodding because I've been there, right? And, and regular listeners of this program know I talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I, I would have been nothing without the daycare centers that my, my kids, my two children were um, were practically raised in, you know what I mean? Because I was 
heavily in school and, and working full-time jobs in, in media, and they're demanding, right? I worked in television at the time, which is round the clock, and it was it was wild at one point. And it, without the daycare center and without those workers, I honestly would not be here. Them plus my family village, I wouldn't be here today. Um, and the extended hours that allowed you hours. to do that. Exactly, exactly. Um, other programs aiming to fill this gap. Caitlin, what about the, the Smart Start Illinois program? Yeah, so that's uh, that's a start, <laughs> um, and that'll address some of these funding gaps. And they're, one way that they're doing that, giving out that money, is in these transition grants that for daycare centers who were dependent on these funds from the federal government for the last two years, mm-hmm. um, they'll be able to apply for those and, and have some funds coming in that way. But it, it, it does not fill the gap entirely. There are calls. Um, I spoke with folks at Illinois Action for Children, and you know they're they're a part of a chorus of voices calling for sixteen billion dollars in federal funding for child care stabilization going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a push for that at the federal level, which would help states like Illinois and, and help Chicago as well. Leave us with this, Tamara. I mean, in your ideal world, hearing you know some of what Caitlin just just mentioned, what solutions are you hoping to see? Well, we're hoping to see that. On a statutory level, that child care gets a COLA automatically, that the providers and the boots on the ground and the, the advocacy groups don't have to fight for, mm-hmm. so that as prices rise, so do per diem reimbursement rates rise. Because truthfully, it has been a struggle to get any kind of reimbursement rate increase over the past several years. Now, Pritzker has been a very... Uh, friend to child care, if I can put it that way. And so we've gained a lot of grounds that in previous administrations we had lost. But as we are seeing, we definitely need to be statutorily protected. Yeah. We'll leave it there for now. We've been talking with Tamara Fair, who's CEO of Premier Child Care Centers, and Caitlin Washburn, a reporter for Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having us.